0: And yeah. welcome in to 11 personnel nick roush and adam luckett here for a special edition this is one of our favorite shows of the off season. the coaching carousel has finally come to a halt Luckett, and it's a little bit later than normal valentine's day has come and gone uh we got in it just stopped it just stopped and uh, I think we can thank the University of Tennessee for letting us really stretch this bad boy out for quite some time.
1: A couple of late AD um, departures at Tennessee and UCF really extended us out. Plus the season, and then later too, the regular season at least right, we, right, we stretched right. into December. But yeah, it was an extended coaching carousel, not very big, um, but we did have some moments there that it got things got a little crazy. Um, what with, a SEC with Auburn, team Tennessee. Yeah, t- yeah. SEC is always keeping everybody on the toes. Texas, surprisingly, opening as well.
0: Yeah. That was a, that was, that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but the SEC, man, game they're, day they're, down in Jacksonville, right? They're, they're getting, they're getting agents paid out there, man. All these buyouts, like, you know what? Uh, it, it does just mean more. Uh, we know that all too well. But before we get into the nitty gritty, Luckett has diligently ranked every coaching hire of the offseason. I haven't gone as in detail, but I do have some takes ready to roll. So, but first, there was some news that came out today, Luckett, that kind of concerns me. I'm not going to lie. Today, Scott Strickland, Florida's athletic director, former Mitch Barnhart protege, announced that the Gators will not have a spring game. Not in. in it wasn't just that we're going to have a spring game. We're not going to have fans. It's we're using the stadium for COVID vaccines, So we're just going to SEC network is going to fill time with spring spring ball. Uh, it's not going to be a scrimmage. It's just, it's going to be spring ball. And like, it, I'm worried? I didn't, I didn't think I would get to this point, but I'm legitimately worried now that other schools will follow Florida's lead. Because if there's one thing we learned early on in all this COVID crap it's that it only takes one to really get the ball rolling.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did write, I wrote a note down right here regarding that. When I saw the news today too, around 3 PM, I think is Kroger field. Is it still being used for
0: it is. COVID tests? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a vaccine site now. I don't, I don't know if they're, but yeah, they, they've switched the testing to the vaccine stuff.
1: Well, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Could they do a game with no fans, just kind of broadcast it at like the practice field?
0: I I would be completely up for it. I mean, you know, they've got enough. Maybe they you've give already, some media people. Well, you've already had. to go. you've you've already had all these events where you've got people. You know, Tom Hart and everybody's doing it from home anyway. You've got all the people up filming to begin with. Yeah, so the why, towers. Yeah, right. yeah. So like. I just, the, the, the line would be drawn from me. I would understand if they don't have fans come to the game. I would even understand not doing it there. But if you give me some sort of bull crap that isn't a spring game, then, you know, like you can edit anything. I mean, how many times are we going to get one-minute clips of spring practice and we're going to get a throw and we're not going to see if it's caught or not? I mean, it's going to be like 90 times out of 100. We're not going to know if they completed a pass or not. When If it was a real spring game, we would be nitpicking over every single pass, scrutinizing it closely because this is one of the most highly contested quarterback competitions we've ever had. We're going to discuss it at length throughout the entire offseason. And if they take that away from us and just use COVID as an excuse, that's a lot of crap because you didn't have that excuse during the regular season. It's an excuse now because the spring game was always you just throwing fans a bone. It's never. It's not about making money. It's not a money making venture. It probably costs them money just to Rec- open up the place oh, and stack Recruiting it. too. I mean, it's a big recruiting thing. That's true. That's true. But you, since you can't have anything, they're like, "Well, what's the point?" And that's. I, I really hope that that this doesn't become a trend because, damn it, like this is this is a spring football that the Big Blue Nation is going to be very excited for. And if you don't have a game to look forward to, then it it really just takes a lot of luster off of it.
1: Yeah, I, I hope we don't get to that point. I mean, we haven't really heard anything about the schedule Mm-mm. when they're starting or whatnot. So, I mean, a lot still up in the air. But, yeah, that would that would stink if we don't get any practice. Because we usually get a practice or two we can go to in a normal yeah, year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're probably not going to get that.
1: You're probably not going to get that. And then, you know, not getting the spring game. Like you just said, like over the summer when fall camp starts and they start releasing those little clips, like we break those down. To a yeah. T and yeah, then I love it. I love and it. Then it's like we'll, frame by frame. Right. And we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll get. I guess we'll, we'll get some of that in the spring if they didn't have a game, which was steak. Hopefully, hopefully they do it. I think, I, I don't know. The recruiting, not being able to use it as a recruiting tool does hurt that, I think, because then they're kind of like, well, why, why are we even doing this mm-hmm. other than, you know, if you're putting it on TV, but it's just the tv also, product is like an hour and a half game anyway it's not really a yeah right real right. game unless you're really into the weeds kind of like we are wanting to know in well, position I, battles and stuff like that
0: i also think that florida they're not exactly riding a high into the offseason i don't think oh, they're yeah. going to get a bunch yeah. of people to show up to the game either so for them this is easy and i'm i I don't, I don't keep up with their spring schedule. It also makes sense for them to start a little bit sooner, too, because unlike Scott Satterfield, they're not practicing, you know, through ice storms. It's Florida. <laughs> you know, they they could start a little bit earlier than the rest. Speaking of not in
1: a big high, Dan Mullen did have an interesting answer today. Oh. Um, they asked him about – because he had a press – his, like, spring, opening spring press conference. And one of the questions was, you know, did he interview for an NFL job? What happened there kind of thing? And he was like, no, I didn't interview – um what's an NFL job um but he he had this weird comment like the college game's changing. so that's always on my mind.
0: which is the second time he said that, right? yeah, something to that extent at least. but what's he alluding to? like I like, think what he's alluding to there is just that the transfer portal, the nil well he the he's stuff? the one to he he
1: takes advantage of it because they can't recruit the top 100 players coming out of high school so they just get them on their second stop but i think what he's getting at is that um i mean the stuff's changing and i think he wants, like they're approaching a weird spot here with Mullen because mm-hmm. he's done well but he's kind of hitting a, his head on a hard ceiling which everybody thought he had because of the recruiting issues right right and so it's i think maybe he he wants out his 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 bosses in the nfl now maybe he thinks he you know that's the next step in his career maybe he's trying to get there hmm Who knows? But it, they're definitely, you know, Florida's still got a good roster. Mullen's a good coach, so I'm not saying they're going to, you know, tank or whatever, but they're hey, definitely in a, an interesting spot to watch. We could I think, be talking year. about
0: him when you're from now, though. I mean, you never yeah. know. Which, by the way, yeah. you brought up his former Michigan boss.
1: open up. Maybe he just goes up to Michigan. Who knows? Hmm.
0: His former boss, Aaron, Chris Doyle. That, that – people handed that about as well as we – could have expected yeah <laughs> shocking the way that turned out
1: I, who saw that coming
0: <laughs> i mean like and of course urban meyer too the first guy he's gonna hire is the guy who is just a drill sergeant look that's not gonna go over well in the nfl like come on urban grow yeah. the hell up idiot um ooh, one other school we love to hate tennessee they um got turned down by a lot of folks no, nobody wanted to be josh heupel's uh defensive coordinator a lot. I mean, four or five guys. I think are on records that you know that
1: multiple places have confirmed that they went after and didn't get. So they decided to go get Penn State's number two in the defensive staff room and pay him 1.2 million dollars per season.
0: Oh yeah, just throw them. They him just 1.2 like, million. that's why.
1: That's why I said um, with Tennessee, like nev- the issue is not money. Like they have a lot of money. They have plenty of people that's going to give them a lot of money. The issue is not money. It's about do, like learning how to run an organization and, you know, <laughs> having the right, you know, checks and balances within that organization. But I mean, they, they keep doing this. These coaching searches just get out of whack, but they don't like when you hire somebody that late, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Some people are going to be classes in. You know, you, some people aren't going to be interested just because of the timing and the calendar. Well, and then you you're in a tough spot because you're asking somebody to leave a little later than normal, so that's leverage for them to use in contract negotiations. It's just right. it's it's tough.
0: And I, I think there is is as much of as the wild, wild west of college football is. There are certain norms that like folks just follow, and these like it's just business kind of. Uh, it's, bit, it's like rules. Part
1: of the unwritten rule is like the calendar. Like, this is when – these are the two or three weeks where, we, you know, coaching staff changes happen. Everybody, you know, you do that, and then you move on. You're on to the next year. And then the next when the calendar rolls around, this is when we do it. And, yeah, they've it's gotten extended out where it's gotten a little funky, especially with Tennessee and UCF here,
0: like. Really glad Madhouse didn't take that job, though. It would have been a funny joke, like, oh, do you got to be a Mark Stoops – assistant before you become a team, Tennessee defense coordinator but just to have the guy who was the DC for that 2018 team you don't want to get any Tennessee stink on that 2018 team. We got enough of it from that one game as is. We we didn't yeah. need Matt House uh wearing orange in Knoxville.
1: And he turned down a pretty I think it was 5 million over 3 years was the reported salary. And that's the second time the Chiefs have come back and raised the ante for him. They did it with Kentucky. When Kentucky tried to get him after he initially said he was going to the Chiefs, and then here with Tennessee. So they he's a really valuable asset, apparently, over there uh, with Steve Spagnolo. So look for a house, I think, um, to get maybe an NFL defensive coordinator job here maybe in the next couple of seasons. I think that's the next step for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Spagnuolo, too. Very weird name to type. How yes. Did. Yes. I've <laughs> had to look it up every time. Because there, there's like an O and a U where you and don't you just call him spag. T-
1: just I, I see why people call him spags, just keep it <laughs> short and simple. Everybody knows who you're talking about, don't even try to try right, to spell right. the name.
0: Well, enough talking about Tennessee. We've talked about Tennessee plenty throughout this coaching search.
1: We're, we're about to talk about some more here, I think, as we go through this little cycle, and we're going to play a little game at the end, Nick Roush, too.
0: Okay, okay good.
1: Do, a, do does a guy do, do they make it to their second contract? Kind of the thing.
0: Oh, so okay. We'll, we'll
1: touch on we'll touch on the we'll touch on the big ones here at the end. But I think we need to start off with the most recent one, which is okay. kind of one of the bigger one.
0: Okay, you see me? That's my song. Yes.
1: Okay. Now I've watched a lo- I watch a lot of these press conferences. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty deep in the weeds on this. I've I've watched a lot of them. Not many national guys. Show up to these things, you know. A lot of times it's you know, you because of travel reasons, but even with Zoom, I haven't heard a lot of national guys. You'll hear one or two, like at Les Miles, I think there was like two or three people there. But at this Gus Malzon press conference, there it was a list of who's who. You had Dennis Dodd, Pat 40, Bruce Feldman, um, Staples with uh, Feldman wasn't there, but oh, Staples man, from the Athletic shock. was there. Okay, um, Ralph Russo with the AP. Oh, wow. So you had like
0: all the a, national guys
1: of the, yeah. And then you had Andrew, uh, Andrew Adelson. Who's with one of ESPN's national reporters. who was there in Florida. They were all there and I'll be damned with not most of them. If not all of them started the thing with congrats, Gus. <laughs> so I did not know that Gus Malzahn rolled like this and died in uh big media circles. I was pretty surprised by that. I didn't, I did not think he was, uh, that buddy, buddy, chummy, chummy, with some of the big wigs in the media, but apparently, I missed I, I just well, haven't
0: been paying close enough attention. Especially because he's so boring in media settings. So, I mean, maybe that's how he lasted so long at Auburn. He was terrible in press conferences and gave you nothing. But then he would yuck it up with them behind closed doors. Yeah,
1: him and Brandon Marcello. Now they now Brandon Marcello used to be on the beat, but they had like a, you know, he called, "Hey Brandon, how you doing?" Right, like in front of the press conference, and. <laughs> I, just, I was like, whoa, man. I did not know he was this tight with me. Uh, yeah. Gus pulled, went over on me.
0: I got to say, though, I hit uh, major red flags with Gus Malzahn to UCF. Because on the surface, it's like, uh, oh, if you can't beat him, join him. Uh, which is exactly what he did. He People forget. he lost. That always the works out. He lost to the undefeated national champs in the Peach Bowl when he was at Auburn. But, man, the biggest red flag. Did you see the polo? He was rocking at like midfield when he did a photo shoot yeah it was, yeah it, it, oh, it, was, it was like you uh, something that they would put on the Under Armour model at like the store and only a 18 year old kid who's like got muscles can pull it off it was just a very weird look and he didn't have his visor on either it's like what, Gus where, who are you this is this Central Florida Gus I mean he he's gonna enjoy those fast food chain restaurants. He's gonna eat at Jay Alexander's a lot, but
1: oh, the Orlando man! Like when I went for the Citrus Bowl, I could not believe how just chain it is. Everything yeah. is just chain. Everywhere. International, especially drive. where we stayed. Yeah, on where we stayed off International Drive, it's just like staying in a. I don't know, it's well, almost like you know, if you're chain, it put, put something here. I mean, it was everything.
0: If if you, it makes sense though, because like. People from uh, yeah, the, the tourism world. tourism aspect. Yeah. Right. They, they want to eat the, the American stuff. That, that, Gus Malzon strikes me as a big chain restaurant kind of guy, too. So maybe Colt... Yeah. Like, the thing is, too, is he's probably going to do okay initially with Dylan Gabriel. So he actually might... He might make it to that second contract. But this has kind of a Charlie Strong, like, oh, well it should work out. And then it just doesn't, you know?
1: I just... Like UCF's thing, man, is all right, we're gonna score a lot of points. We're gonna have a top-notch offense, we're gonna go really fast on offense. And, and we're gonna score. And Gus hasn't done that since the second season at Auburn. Like we talked about it before in the offseason this past year, prepare for the UK Auburn game. The offense is just really taking a step back, and it's been defense that won them games at Auburn. So you know, they haven't finished. I looked up their yards per play numbers at Auburn um, this week. He hasn't finished better since uh, 33rd um, outside of the first two years at Auburn. He's got an 83rd finish in there. It's tied 70, tied 86th, tied 69th. Nice. Just a a, a lot of blah there. So mm-hmm. it's just, just goes against what UCF has kind of built the thing on down there. So, I mean, you get in that league. Like he's gonna be a better coach than most of those guys. So they're gonna yeah, win games.
0: And they're bad defenses. So like you can score. Yeah. For them. Like really he's, it's just gotta be Cincinnati. They've got a yeah, good defense, and that's about it. Able Maybe. to
1: if he's able to recruit well, like you know, wins are on the table. You know, you can win seven, eight, nine. But like if you're Gus, what's the goal? Like, I'm assuming it's to get back in the power five. Like, there's Virginia Tech's about to open up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Louisville could open up.
0: So be good for a year or two with Dylan Gabriel. NC
1: State could open up. Get the heck out of there. You know, Michigan could open up if you played your car right, cards right. Maybe you could get in talks there. I just that seemed like the the better move. Take a year off, kind of come up with a different plan, and then go do it that way. Now you're going to UCF and like you know you're selling the I'm gonna I'm gonna if somebody would if somebody would stay here they would really take off. Like I guess I'm not like the goal is to get. To that next level. If the UCF conference expansion came again and then he moved up, great. But mm. I, that's not, I don't think that's your goal. So I just, I, I don't know. Like, I think he'll be fine there. I just don't like, like, I think Pete Thamel said the other day, like, it was the best group of five hire ever.
0: Oh, Brian Kelly wasn't, or uh, Luke Fickle. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, are you saying where? that, like, because you knew that, or like, Chris Peterson? Yeah. At Boise State. They I mean he almost actually won a national championship at Boise State if yeah. Colin Kaepernick didn't happen.
0: Hell Rich Rod. Uh, yeah. I mean, so like, I just I don't I dumb very dumb. Dumb so take up like, Pete What's new?
1: So yeah, I just like that's like everybody's selling that, and I just like I think he's gonna be f- fine there, but I I just didn't love it. I when I ranked the hires, I had him like middle of the pack. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the national media is selling that hard, that it's a great hire. Mm-hmm. And usually when they're all in unison, that may be time for uh, Luckett's contrarian brain to, snit, uh, to kick in and be like, maybe I need to go left while everybody else is going right.
0: Short the Gus stonks on international drive.
1: Right. So I just – we'll see. And I don't love the Dylan Gabriel fit. I think that's a weird fit. Like Gus is – I've called it a rinky-dink pass attack. It's just very off play action, off court QB run. And, like, he's got a pocket passer that's pretty good. But, like, I don't, I don't just don't know what it looks like. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could, like, you know. And UCF has high expectations. You had the pressure cooker question there that everybody talked about on Twitter. But I, I don't think that was – like, it was crazy how he asked it. But there is expectations there. Like, they want to win, win big.
0: Win well, so, a national championship. They've already got one. Yeah. One, yeah. more than and Gus he,
1: does. And the ironic thing with that picture it was Gus. It was because of Gus that they were able to put that there. If Gus would have just beat them in the Peach Bowl, that wouldn't be a uh, thing. Yeah. But now, yeah, how the how the turntables turn sometimes.
0: <laughs> All right, look. Well, where do we want to go next? Do we want to go to the worst hire in the? Uh, I, I'm I'm curious. Who you think the worst hire in this this coaching carousel was?
1: Let me see. Let's. I want to. We'll say Vandy fear for a little bit, but yeah, let's go to the worst, which is South Carolina. Shane Beamer. Oh, that to me was the worst one. I heard that I bad.
0: The staff stinks, man. Like the staff is bad. Yeah, but he was the number one guy on their list, you know. They're only paying
1: him five years, 13.75, two point, which comes out to 2.75 million. You know, they didn't. Spend a lot of money on the staff. Like it comes off very, it comes off as we think this other guy, we owe him a lot of money. We don't think he's that good. We want to get him out of there, but at the same time we want to save money and want somebody we like. So let's bring in this guy here. who has got a cool, who has got a famous last name. I, I don't see the sale the in that hire was like, he's coming from the Lincoln Riley tree, bring that offense in. He's going to be the CEO and like, like Sam Pittman, the cell was like he's gonna be Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman put together a great staff.
0: Yeah, you got Barry Odom, Barry
1: Odom, Kendall Bryles, and a few other guys that were really good. And this staff, just I just don't see it, man. And I I think it's gonna get ugly there. And I think they made, I, I don't think like we said we'll play the game, but yeah, I don't see Beamer lasted very long.
0: Well, but, for for similar reasons, that's why I like I kind of consider the the Beamer hire and the Harson hire at Auburn to be similar because. Yeah. I just like Harson because he has a track record at least where he was at Texas
1: offense coordinator. He was good. He met expectations at Boise state. So I could see it. Like it, the fit is weird, but you can see it. like see, he has the track record with Beamer. It's like, what are like, what are you even going for here?
0: Well, in the fit is the part that, I mean, just the fact that miles on got fired and in the manner in which he got fired was so bizarre that, dealing with all of that and then having to toe the line where you're keeping some auburn guys you're bringing in some of your own um now kudos to him for stealing south carolina's guys um yeah. but i also don't think mike bobo is god's gift to offensive play calling like yeah. i just i don't i don't understand yeah, he had, i didn't love
1: his guy. coordinator hires
0: so yeah. i i just i don't uh i can't see it lasting long because saban's just going to He's just going to crush them, and if nothing else, what Maggie Malzahn stick around for a long time? He would beat Bama. He got he would go he would sneak up and get Bama, and I just think Harson's going to be an overset. So I think those are kind of near the bottom of for me. But look at the biggest loser in all of this is the champion of life, Butch Jones to Arkansas State. W- what are you doing, Arkansas State? You've been a pretty respectable program for playing low-level FBS football where you get innovative offensive minds that, hey, you know what? So what, you're a stepping stone. You're at least a stepping stone with good coaches and you're having some success. Butch Jones? Like, I just, I mean, my God, I just can't, I cannot fathom that inventor of bull crap to being worth a damn at all. I I just can't I can't believe that instead of going out and following the pattern that's made them successful they get a retread who's just yucks it up. I know that he attended the Nick Saban school for rehabilitation and I I, I need to kind of look at their track record to to see how that's panned out for some of them. It's worked for some. Like, Lane Kiffin, it worked out fine for him, but Lane Kiffin was also a young guy, an innovative offensive guy. Butch Jones is a quote-unquote defensive guy. I just – I don't know. I don't – uh I, Nick Saban's worked wonders, but I, I don't think he could even fix Butch Jones.
1: Here's what I'll say about Butch. But first, Cecil Hurd, who covers Alabama, is, like, probably their top, I guess. He's their very on the ground guy. He's been yeah. there a
0: long time, yeah.
1: He had a great – uh, thing that he said which i thought was perfect he said the best thing that happened to butch by going to alabama was that he didn't have to uh, step in front of a microphone for three years <laughs> so i like if he doesn't talk like he's fine he does like behind the mic it, it's it's a little weird um he started crying in his press conference he started crying within like 20 seconds of talking there at <laughs> arkansas state and like arkansas state is the same as ucf like what are you doing what, you know, hiring these young offensive minded guys, first head coaching job has worked, bring them in here. Don't be afraid to be the stepping stone, bring them in here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, keep what's worked. But with Butch, I will say, man, he won at central Michigan. He won at Cincinnati. He's won in the G5 before he kind of knows what it takes to win like that. I think what happened at Tennessee, it was kind of the expectations and he never really been at that level that kind of chewed him up. So kind of similar to Jim McElwain, we're seeing him have success at central Michigan after bombing gloriously at Florida, I just think at that level, like, I think he's he's going to be good enough, I think, to probably win there and okay. probably hang around there. And I think that's a good spot for him. Like, like I say this with about Skip Holtz, who, like, bombed at South Florida, but he's been at Louisiana Tech for, like, a decade now. Just stay there. Like, he's winning games there. He's fine, yeah. you know. Just stay there. That's they're, a good, you know. they Win a bunch of games to and retire. Yeah, yeah. They go they, bowl games uh, every year.
0: Uh, they had uh, Jeff Driscoll for a while, who keeps yeah. on popping up on Sundays randomly. Like I think was he Broncos? He, Staff- he was locks backup. Yeah, he was Stafford's backup whenever he like broke his neck or whatever. So yeah, there's he been was on a, the Bengals too for a little bit. He started a few games. So like you know that what what if that becomes Butch Jones? You know where he's I, okay. You, you're talking into me into it a little bit more. I just hope that. The good thing is I follow some folks who are in the media in Arkansas. So I'm, I'm very looking, f- much looking forward to Dorian Kraft tweeting out some Butch Jones sound bites that are just hopefully as ridiculous as yeah, they were. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll
0: get some for sure, for
1: sure. Yeah, like Butch Jones, I had him in a 14-man class, had him ranked 10th. So I'm not super high on it. But I, th- I could see him sticking around there and just, you know, being plucky there in the Sun Belt.
0: <laughs> plucky, that's a great word. I agree. where where you want to go from there mr luckett let's go to your guy brett
1: man let's go let's go over to champagne urbana university well, of this, illinois
0: is is this the part where we say our favorite hire of the coaching cycle yeah because we get yeah, this yeah we'll
1: do yours and then
0: we'll do mine okay that'll work this is without a doubt my favorite hire only because i mean am i being takey by saying this maybe but brett Bielema, he belongs in the Big Ten. He is Big Ten football. I think similar to how you described uh, Butch Jones and the SEC expectations being a bit too much. Illinois football, what kind of expectations do you have? Uh, you do have a little bit of talent there. Hell, they were in a bowl game two years ago and all you have to do is just go to a bowl game every three or four years. They can do that. The Big Ten West is not that good and yeah, it's doable. And Bioma, he is a joy as a personality. Um, and I'm just very much looking forward to seeing him in a big, giant, enormous orange pullover on Saturdays at uh noon on BTN. Yeah. The thing with Illinois is like they have money invested in
1: that program. He just built a real nice facility that opened up years ago, football only. They're paying Bielema. They had a six-year contract. Now, most of these contracts, they're five years usually. Um, we've got we've got a couple sixes, and Bielema's one that got it this year. Um, six-year, over 25 mil. So they're paying him over $4 million right off the bat. You, you you mentioned the Big Ten track record, played at Iowa, had all that success at Wisconsin.
0: hmm You can play Illinois, his style of football and have success yes. in the Big Ten, too, which is important. Like, look at Northwestern. I'm not saying he's going to be Pat Fitzgerald. But, like, if you're just, if you can recruit one good class and be good every three years, like, dude, you can win that division and then go lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game and then play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's all can happen. It all comes down with Illinois. It's
1: just recruiting, getting players to come there because they do have some players in the area yearly. Um, It's getting in and getting out and recruiting. Now, like on Twitter, uh, I don't know if you all, you saw the Marrow thing how he made a little dig at him <laughs> that was great but like on twitter they're really they're really hitting hard like going out and hit uh recruiting the homeschools like he said their coach is well, going to call every high school in the what, state
0: what's big for,
1: assistant has an area they've I, highlighted
0: I, I know like champagne is kind of middle of nowhere but it's also right mm-hmm. in the middle of st louis and chicago like there's talent there there's you a know. lot of talent in, in in that area yeah they just gotta they gotta go get it i like some of the staff hires he's made
1: like you could just see it working there like yeah. it's not hard to close your eyes and see
0: <laughs> that's what i mean you can and, just envision see it. them
1: playing in i don't know i'm yeah. trying to uh, in the pinstripe bowl or something
0: one december oh yeah and it's super cold and like his face gets all red and yeah. then when he celebrates his like pullover gets stuck up and his belly's right. hanging out you,
1: you could just you could see him you know it's Seventeen seventeen in the fourth quarter against Wisconsin up in
0: Camp Randall. And like you, know you can what? just you can see you can picture it. And of all of the people to do a rehab program with, going to Belichick is what Bielema needed. I, I talked to some folks uh, down in Arkansas at Media Days, and they, you know, they kind of alluded to that Bielema his problems weren't necessarily X's and O's as much as having his stuff in order, having his stuff together. So I yeah, hope he it works out. just had kids out. too. I think that probably helped too. Yeah, probably like. made, he, made him He grow hit up on that so. hard at the uh, on the press conference. Um, and, and I also would like, like that would be a fun Music City Bowl. You know, kind of a get down Kentucky year and you get Stoops and Bielema back together, yucking it up. They, they were fun yeah. at media days yeah good old road trip buddies
1: yeah it's just gonna it's fun to have him back he's a, he's a character for sure um yeah I, I, I get like it's gonna draw more interest to Illinois which nobody really had any interest in um really ever I think they've had they had one year I think in my life where they went to the Rose Bowl with Juice Williams I just remember playing him in NCAA oh, football I
0: forgot about that guy Juice Williams good callback Good yeah. callback. They went to the Rose Bowl was, one. Was, I think was, uh, uh was that when Ron Zook was coaching? No, couldn't have been. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was, it was Zook? Sh- I think that was the Steelers running back. Was it Rashard Mendenhall? Yeah, he was Mendenhall. their running back. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Had, they uh, had a good little had, team there that one year. I forgot
0: about that. Wow. what well, it. I just know that I hope you're prepared to like actually say what you're going to say because I can't believe you're actually going to say it. So just go ahead, say it. In the class of
1: 2020, 20, I guess 2021, 20, whatever we're calling it, Vanderbilt won this coaching cycle. Like, I think they made the best hire, and I think his moves have been, all been really smart. Like, I'm kind of all, all in on Clark Lee. Like, I just I, – I just, I, I'm not saying, like, he's going to go and they're going to go and play in the Outback Bowl in 2024 or something. But, like, I can see them being a pain in some people's butts. Like, I can see them kicking South Carolina's ass in a couple <laughs> years. I, and like, being a thorn in Hypo side there at Tennessee. I can just – I I just see it. Now, I do have a soft spot for him because he hired Barton Simmons.
0: See, yeah, and I, I like Barton Becoming. too. The one the, – because the one thing that worries me, though, about this is, like – uh, the whole going all in on the general manager kind of, we're going to treat this like a pro organization when we all know that's a slapstick organization. They just fired all their PR people. Yeah, Like they're barely even a football yeah. program. So it's yeah. very bizarre that Clark Lee is going to take this route now yeah. where he's, he's bringing in Barton Simmons to be director. What does he call him? General manager, the or general something? manager, but like, <laughs> that's hilarious. He, apparently Clark Lee's family is,
1: a big deal or knows people that are a big deal in Nashville. So like the sell is, he's going to get some money in here. Like these, oh. they're going to be, be people to invest.
0: Oh, and they have to um, invest into the school's library first. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know how,
1: like they could, they could very much find a way to mess this up. Yes. For sure. I just like he hired, like his offensive coordinator hire was interesting. It was a guy who was in the NFL who worked for Kingsbury one year at Texas Tech, then went to the Packers for a couple of years and then worked for Kingsbury for the Cardinals. So he's got this like interesting array kind of NFL mix. I mm-hmm. think that could, could maybe work. Um, they got a guy from the NFL to be a defensive coordinator. I just, I, I really like, I think the guys, I think he's smart. I think he, he's kind of a current coach where it's kind of like, you know, he understands like, you know, how you recruit kids is different now than even it was five, six, seven years ago. It's a lot of you know players first mentality developing the player they want to you know having ha- having fun not being like you know too much over overbearing um creating a, a culture that's something you want to be in that you're gonna you're gonna grow the player but as a team we're all going to win too the, and the I can thing, just I can just see it
0: with them and I know like uh, we see it in college basketball they they tend to love to do it more but in college college basketball they love to hire former players. And ask Patrick Ewing and Penny Hardaway how that's going. doesn't often work out well. But I do think in Vanderbilt's sense, it, it's wise to have somebody who knows what it takes. I wouldn't say what it takes to win, but just knows what the unique situation they're in. That's why Derek Mason was able to hang around for so long because he was at Stanford previously playing for a smart school in a Power 5 conference, coaching there. So like you have to have the you have to know what you're walking
1: into to a certain extent exactly you're walking into something that you know
0: like (laughs) built for this job i mean (laughs) like that's that's what he sold us two years ago that's he kept his job another year he knew how crappy it was so keep me around a little bit longer
1: in some instances you're bringing a screwdriver to a gunfight kind of thing like you just don't i mean you don't have the you know you're fighting you're fighting uphill a, a lot in this job so what you have to what you have to be good at is kind of player development, um, recruiting kids close to home, targeting kids you can get and bring in here, using the academics to your advantage, um, which we've seen other schools be able to do, Northwestern, Stanford. Duke had a run with Cutcliffe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then a mini run Vanderbilt had with Franklin, which was kind of – I think that had a lot, lot to do with some of what was going on at Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida, all kind of being down and them kind of catching lightning in a bottle there. But you can you can do some things. I just I mean like Jeff Hafley was a guy I love last year. Like I talked up last year and it seemed like I'm gonna be right on that hopefully. I just yeah. kind of I get I get the same vibe with lightly. I loved him as a defensive coordinator. I thought they ran smart stuff. He kept everything in front he took advantage or took advantage of his personnel which could be could be limited against better teams. Um and I think that's good going to Vanderbilt. He coached at Wake Forest there's another school that's kind of the same as Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Was a defense right. coordinator there. Was good. I just, and, and I, I just, I, I, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good there.
0: Now it is pretty wild that we got this far talking about it, and we didn't just mention like, yeah, Notre Dame's defense. They kicked ass last year. <laughs> they held right. Alabama to what thirty one points. Yeah, and, a lot of that was just Alabama kind of not
1: needing to score. But like the North Carolina game last year, like North Carolina was awesome on offense all season, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame went in there and shut them down. Like she that was probably down the, the
0: yeah. first time around too. Yeah.
1: That game should be on his, you know, mantle or on his resume. Should they should talk He's about that
0: game? A mirror over his fireplace. Right. He's got that mantle. He got right. that game. Plan so I just, it.
1: I'm just, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on that man. But like, like Vanderbilt's a tough job, obviously, but like, it's not impossible to win there. Like you can have some, I think it's like, not crazy to be like, they can go like the goal to be five and seven. If you schedule, right. And then if you hit some breaks, you can get to seven to five. And if you get a quarterback in there, you know, who knows what can happen. But they they just haven't given themselves a chance um, with all that stuff going on. And hopefully, you know, you bring a guy like that um, who's got connections in the city, they could get some money in there, which will make things easier for everybody involved, I think.
0: And that's something we don't mention about with Mark Stoops. Dude got some money into the program.
1: Yeah, that's not <laughs> – you're right. That was, like, that was a we, big we hiring point for Stoops.
0: We don't talk about that, but like to be able to convince Joe Kraft to start dumping money into the football program, and now you can compete just facilities wise. That's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, that's-
1: Kraft's the one we know about, but he's not the only one. Like Stoops oh, yeah. came in and got a lot of people that really didn't invest in Kentucky football before to invest, mm-hmm. and that's why you know, like there was talk of him on the hot seat in 2016. Um, but I just always scratch my head at that because like all the money he invested in the facility he built and all that, like that, that was a lot of his work. Right. Right. So
0: they're going to be, I was always anyway. kind
1: of questionable, but it ended up working out, but yeah, that's important, especially at places like that um, Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky, where, you know, it's the second sport um, it's, you know, getting, you know, people invested in it. Um, it's definitely a thing you have to do at some places uh, more than others. Like Tennessee, you don't have that issue. Like the money's coming in.
0: Right. Right. I um. Like this, you do. There's, there's one thing. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I do, I do have my concerns to a degree with the Vanderbilt hire. But the one that it scares me that I think everybody's in agreement on it, and that's why I, I like I. I mean, Texas can't come be all the way back with Sark, can they? Is he finally going to be the one that makes them back? And just I felt like Sark. Could have potentially become just the next Nick Saban in four years or something like that. That's what I was thinking too. Like he, it, it just um, it had all the feel to it. And Texas makes a surprise after standing by Herman. They did the whole. He's our guy right now. And then they they pull off the. I guess that was. Did that happen before the semifinal? Whenever they announced it, it it, it, had, it felt like that happened on a big day because I remember just being like,
1: "Whoa." Oh, when Sark was announced, it was the morning of the bowl. It was the morning of our bowl game. I was in Jacksonville, oh,
0: and as okay. soon as I yeah. walked
1: in the stadium, I got a text. It might have been from you saying they hired
0: Sark. Yeah. Which, for guys, uh, he could be the best out of them all to go through the Nick Saban rehabilitation program. Yeah, and he legitimately is had to go through rehab. And that might be the key to unlocking legitimate
1: rehab. Right.
0: Right. Right. But, but the, I just, I'm, I'm hesitant to like crown anybody as the great hire at Texas. Cause Texas just chews up coaches and spits them out.
1: Yeah. I, like I had him ranked number two and I didn't love that, but it's a hire that grew on me as time went on. Like Sark is not just a saving protege. Like he, he succeeded and failed uh because of his own personal demons demons as his last head coaching stop Mm -hmm. but then he went to the nfl did a good job he just he the falcons he came in in a lose-lose situation because he was (laughs) replacing kyle shanahan off of that super bowl 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 loss they were pissed off anyway like you weren't gonna make the falcons fans any happy or happy at all so he i mean he did a decent job there and then he comes to alabama and just puts together you know one of the best offenses we've ever seen develops mac jones I'm mm-hmm. um, goes and recruits Bryce Young out of California gets to Alabama. So I, you can see it. You can see it. I could see it with him. Now we'll see, you know, um, Texas is weird because you have to, you have to like, you have to be selective recruiting Texas because you can't like when you're recruiting Texas, you can't just, if you're Texas, you can't just go and offer people, offer all kinds of players. Right. Like when Oklahoma recruits Texas, they can do that um, Texas can't because they have to be selective because what if the, all these kids just want to commit on the spot, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? So you have to be, you have to be careful with how you recruit Texas. Yeah. You know, there's 8,000 probably different boosters. You have to keep happy. It, it's, it's a, it's a weird job they've underachieved in their history for, for most of it. And there's, I think there's a reason for that. I think it's, um, you know, it's just that it's a huge, it's a huge job with a lot of different, you know, it's not, Nothing, it's not much football, it's a lot of off field stuff. So, it's for him, it's like, can he handle all that? Like, Mac Brown did. Mac Brown was able to do that, um, because he's a politician,
0: <laughs> he really is.
1: Yeah, he's so like, got, like, the shiny you, veneers ha- and... you have to, ha- yeah, you have to have some of that. Now, the Sark have that, you know. I've listened to a few podcasts and I've listened to a couple of his press conferences, like, he's a good talker and whatnot, but you don't really know until a guy gets into that, that fire what it's going to be like, how he's going to manage all that. But he's got like man, he's got the you know, Washington USC are two big jobs. He handled those. Alabama OC is a big job. NFL OC on a on a contending team is a big job. So he's been in some pressure cookers. He's he's had personal um dealings he's had to come through, and he's looks like he's beaten that, which is awesome for him. So uh-huh. like I, I can I can believe most in people
0: him. wouldn't have, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. like especially under I all mean, that pressure. He's a
1: better hire though than the last couple ones. Like he's better he's got just more track record than Herman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Charlie, he's got uh, like, that was just too big for Charlie Strong. Like you talk about like dealing with, you know, the other people you have to deal with in the job. That is not like.
0: Hell, he Charlie could Strong be just with him at UofL. Yeah. Right. And yeah.
1: that's nothing wrong with that. That just, it was just, it was too much. And so, I I mean, I could, I could, I could see it, but we'll see. I mean, the that, that job is hard. I think it's a, like, it's a great job, but it's a very hard job
0: there's no doubt about it. I also just appreciate that it's a job where you aren't christened until you take a picture with a cow yeah <laughs> it's like uh, it's like whenever Bobby Petrino would have to call the pigs or call the hogs you know like <laughs> it's just a very in a Texas
1: you got to deal with the national media too is Texas back like they put like the national media puts a lot
0: of pressure oh, on them. you as well i love texas being back as an annual thing
1: yeah so it's not just it's like it's you know it's locally it's all that other stuff but then it's you got the national kind of lens too on you and then the big 12 needs you to be good and then you know your your team you have to beat is oklahoma who's got
0: lincoln raleigh he's yeah. got the he's got he a, dude a coaching, trophy Right. he's won four
1: big 12 championships in four years mm-hmm. so yeah i mean we'll Spencer see.
0: Reller, now, he's pretty good
1: I love the red. I love Red River. It's one of my favorite games. If if Oklahoma and Texas could both both perennially be top ten, like that game would be awesome every year. It'd be must see TV every mm-hmm. year. And I hope hope Sark gets us to that because I think that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would be very excited. Um, Bucket, I wanted to get to my number three um, because I think it's. Oh no, what did I just? I just pressed a button, trying to get to my number three. I have a it, it was a video of the the people in Louisiana using a fan boat in the snow. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Welcome to Fat Tuesday. It's the best. Um, my number three higher. You had it ranked low, and I don't understand it. This could turn a directional school into a school that we actually like. Huh? They did that, and that's. The Louisiana Monroes coming to Kroger Field with Terry Bowden calling the shots and Rich Rod as the offensive coordinator. Look, it. I know that people are, are love to make Terry Bowden jokes, but Rich Rod is terrible. As, I don't actually. I shouldn't call him a terrible person. I don't know, but as much of a pain in the rear end he seems to be off the field. And even though he basically lost his job at Arizona because he was having an was he having an affair? I don't know. But nevertheless, he actually had Arizona <laughs> rocking and rolling. <laughs> so yeah, the he, comparison did what they well to, yeah. He's basically like Bobby Petrino White. So mm-hmm. you know they're gonna score points, they're gonna be fun. If you're the Louisiana Monros, who the hell cares? That, that, that should be fun. So you go, you you do you, Glenn Coco. You go Glenn Coco. Who would have guessed that
1: big Thursday night November 20, 2006, We've just been dealing with two, two guys that can't have the job. Just 13 years later, 14 years later, Rich Rod and Bobby—they look like the next like you know coaches going to you know, college championships. Football. Right, and yeah. now now look at them.
0: Just man,
1: but I, I will like the age thing is hard for me to get past. And like when I'm kind of like evaluating these coaches, like I totally missed on Mac Brown, Um but Damn, I didn't miss he's on old man. I didn't miss on Les Miles. Um, so like, that's that's obviously like when I when I'm evaluating these coaches that all that's that's a preconceived notion I think I have that working against. But like Bowden, you, I mean, he's he's an old guy, but he he's been around a lot. He Akram won games very at Akron. bad.
0: Yeah, but they were very bad recently. He,
1: yeah, he had a couple years, though, there where they were competitive. Um, yeah. And that's really all you can ask it. Remember, like the goal is for him to be there for five years, get to one bowl game like you just get us to a bowl game like it's a it's a win. So, yeah, I mean, you could see it. I just – I mean, it's hard. You got to rank rank the guy somewhere, and i put him 13, just a slide above Beamer. But, yeah, good. best of luck to him. Uh, we'll, we'll be seeing him in Lexington this fall. Right. Yeah, that's my, tough, my question that's for game. you,
0: I want to know Jed Fish stories. Um, because okay. Because Jed Fish I had not heard of until this, this go-around in the coaching carousel.
1: My father-in-law uh, lives in the Jacksonville area, lives a little outside Jacksonville.
0: He um, plays TPC Excalibur every day.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say that. He just he uh he's retired. He started a little driving service. Um, little word of mouth spreads, and all of a sudden, like he gets into the Jaguars front office somehow. So he's driving people around. Um, some Did of his Did he drive a
0: Shad uh, uh, Khan around? Any?
1: No, he hasn't got the con yet. I think Khan's got his own personal driver. But um, Dave Caldwell, their former GM, was a client. Ooh. Um, Gus Bradley who's now the DC out for the Raiders was for the Chargers was a yeah. head coach in Jacksonville he drove him around a little bit another guy he drove around was Jed Fish now J- Jed Fish he would tell me about all the time he's like Adam this guy is awesome <laughs> like he's the nicest guy he's great he's got this crazy story and he's like Jed Fish told him the story about like Jed Fish didn't play high school ball he went to um, he was up from New England somewhere he went to college and he would just he wrote Spurrier every day saying he wanted to be an assistant blah 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 and he would leave like sticky notes or something on Steve Spurrier's car and finally Spurrier was like okay you can be a, you know a student assistant or whatever so he did that and then he like bounced around a bunch of places but he's one of the now he's one of like he's with I think Drinkowitz there's one other one one or two other ones they're coaches that didn't play college ball hey up. Okay, oh, oh. now that, that's Jeff Fish so I just got you know, for Jeff Fish, I'm going to have, I've heard he's a pretty cool guy. So I'm cheering for him. And we know the, the media people love him too because Bruce Feldman has plugged him for 80 oh, jobs yeah. in the last
0: three seasons. Definitely, definitely. Most recently with the Patriots and now at Arizona, correct? Filling in for, oh, uh, someone, which by yep. the way, what a fall from grace too from that guy. My goodness.
1: Yeah, Arizona, him. like, feels like they should be good, but then money wise, like, Jeff Fish is going to make $1.8 million his first two years as a, head, a head football coach. Yo, like, what are you doing, Pac-12? And I, I'm sure their facilities aren't great. Yeah, it's just... No. It's just a weird, you know, that's Arizona you can win at. But I like some of his hires. Like, he just hired Michigan's defensive coordinator, Don Brown, who got ran out of Michigan but had some moments there. So, we'll we'll see. I'll be cheering for him, though. I mean, I liked him when he was coordinator at ULA. He did some good things at Michigan when he was there. He's been... You know, he was on the McVeigh tree there for a little bit. Oh, was with was with Belichick. So that's why he got. that uh, for Jed. I like. He has got a UK pretty cool candidate
0: story. Kind of. Oh, he 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 was on a McVeigh tree. He could end up at yeah. UK. Yeah. Oh, well. UK ooh.
1: is one of many that have dipped into that McVeigh.
0: Yeah. Branch. Yeah. It's very very popular. I just uh, I can. Like the thing that I appreciate is that you watch all these press conferences, you see all these guys and the fact that you're saying a South Alabama guy, Kane Womack is one of your favorite hires. That's when I know that you're doing your homework. Yeah. Like I'm not going to
1: like, I'm not going to dive deep into it, but this guy's 33 years old. He became the defensive coordinator at Indiana when he was like 31. He was the defensive coordinator at South Alabama when he was like 28 or 29. His dad was a coach at Ole Miss. Um, like, this guy's just – he's going to – he's – like, Indiana had two coordinators last year. Um Womack and Nick Sheridan, who's their offensive coordinator, are both, like, my age. Both oh, those God. guys are going to be head coaches. That'll make you
0: feel incompetent.
1: Right. Both <laughs> those guys are going to be, like, a big deal, whether in the college or in the NFL. Um Womack's getting his shot now. He's familiar with South Alabama. South Alabama just built a new stadium. They got some nice facilities. Like, they're ready to win. Like, I think he's going to win there, and then he's going to get a Power 5 job. Um, so just all I'm going to say is just remember the name. Okay. And if Troy fires their coach this year, John Summerall is going to be on that list. If John Summerall took that job, that, Troy South Alabama is like a big rivalry. That would, mm-hmm. Those would be some fun games with those two guys there. And they will be some like uh, pretty big deal recruiting battles if Summerall took that Troy job, which I hope he doesn't. But I think that's definitely possible.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Womack's just, I just, you know, I wouldn't, you know,
0: I'll put a pin I, in that. Five, five years, we can circle five years two.
1: down the road. Uh, he, he's might, he would maybe even three years down the road, he might be on my list of potential like Kentucky candidates if okay. students were to
0: leave. All right. I'll, 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 I'll that's a name that we'll, we need to know. We were going to put a pin in it. So that's going to bring us to our game bucket, which is who's going to make it to the second contract. Yeah. And I think that would take your guy Womack off the board if. Because he's going to be such a yeah. up and he's going to be such a fast riser.
1: What I wanted to do here is just just to keep it simple. Just do the big guys. Okay. So we're going to talk. You know, Sark, Heiple, Beamer, Gus, Harson, um, and we'll throw Butch Jones in there. Oh yes. Okay. And then of course Carplay. So let's start with let's start with Butch. Okay, his deal is five years, eight hundred twenty five k per. Um, He gets a one-year extension, though, if he has a season with eight FBS wins. So, really a nine-win season because they play the FCS game. Hmm. Now, Butch how, Butch is like 53, 54 years old now. So, he's not a young whippersnapper not a anymore. Or a spring
0: chicken. No, not at all. You know, even though I thought it was the worst hire ever, like well, you convinced me earlier that he's had enough G5 success that he could just be hanging around for a while. So I think he has one good season, gets that automatic extension. Yeah, I think, like gets, year three. yeah. yeah. I think he gets year three. I
1: think he gets a contract extension. They have an eight one season or something. He gets extended. Yeah, um, which would be a success there if he had if you go on a little four five six year run. Um, let's go, Belama. You got six oh, year contract, two, two a little over $25 million, 4 point2 mil per through twenty twenty six.
0: He's gonna have a big year in either year three or four. Or he's gonna have a hell of a recruiting class. I think he's gonna get kind of similar to Stoops treatment where mm-hmm. he'll get that early extension. Uh just to kind of show their loyalty. Uh so yeah, I'm yes to Brett Bielma. Oh Bert, big Bert. If he
1: has a big year in your two year three, he might get that Iowa job.
0: Whew, you're right. Dang, I hadn't thought of that. Hmm.
1: I think he I think he I think Illinois is pretty heavily invested in him. Um, they extended Lovey Smith um, even when he had a losing record so I think they're gonna they're, they got a lot of money riding on Belama. so I think that they're committed to making it work so I think they're gonna give him time to get some wins so I, I think he he last there in Champagne for a little bit
0: I am going to take us to the next one because I'm tired of being so optimistic we gotta put some coaches in the chopping block first one up Josh Heupel I mean, Danny White might – he threw <laughs> his guy a bone to begin yeah. with. But, like, making this move now, as we said when it happened, it could have some moments, but it's it's going to be a flash in the pan. And he's not going to last for long, and we're going to get another Tennessee coaching search in two or three years.
1: I think the, the trigger is going to be short there with Hypel. Just because the hiring was so rushed
0: – the timing of it. Yeah. And the fact he that he can be a he can just UFC be see Knoxville. You know, they can like,
1: use him as a good soldier too. All right, we're just using this guy to fall on the sword for the NCAA sanctions to get us in a level place and then go out and hire a coach. Um especially if he can like recruit a few quarterbacks and get them that get them that, which is what kind of what he does. But yeah, I mean, like Tennessee, like how can you pick anybody to come in there and win right now? Especially yeah. with everything going on. But yeah, he's got a six year deal, so Of course, they're going to be on the hook for some money. Which really, why are they giving him
0: a six-year deal? You know. Oh, yeah, makes some sense because they could have got they could have gotten pennies on the dollar too. Yep. So, okay. Uh, Next up, look at who we got. Okay, here let's go.
1: um, Let's go Sark at Texas.
0: Ooh, this one's tough.
1: Six-year, six-year, thirty-four point two million dollars, five plus
0: mil a year who because like I, I, i
1: since i ranked he so high i'm gonna take it i just he was really damn good at alabama man and he's got some track record i i think he he he's a guy that stays at texas for a little bit um not saying he would never get fired um but i think he he sticks around there in austin for a while
0: yeah like where would you go you know you know he's it, not late. yeah he it's right.
1: either NFL coach head coaching job or get fired that, those are right. the two options
0: and I I could see that him winning a Big Twelve and actually going to the national championship game in like year four instead of doing the Oklahoma where they yeah. always lose in the first round of the playoffs. you can see
1: him making the playoff for sure yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely so I'm I'm gonna agree with you too uh, on that one uh, are we going back to the SEC now
1: yeah let's go over to the plains Brian Harson, Auburn. Now, I didn't – for some reason, I cannot find his contract details. So, I don't know if it's a Billy Gillespie-type situation where they sign the memorandum of understanding and they can't come to terms on a contract.
0: Or the so boosters could just directly hand him, like, McDonald's you know, bags of cash. I know that's Tennessee's thing, but, they, you know, they, they could you – know, Auburn's weird. From. I wouldn't put much past him.
1: But, yeah. Harson, I just – like, I think this guy's a good
0: coach. But I'm out. I don't like the fit. I think he's yeah. yeah I much. just, yeah. I think he's going to get fired, right? Uh, well, it's not
1: just that. It's George. As long as Georgia and Kirby are cooking like they're cooking, it's impossible to win at Auburn to the their expectations.
0: I think I don't. I think Kirby's got like three more years and he's done. They're going to get caught cheating. It's going to be bad. I can feel it. Maybe too Maybe. much buzz going around. I can feel it.
1: We're doing. We're doing a good big uh, recruiting scandal.
0: Yeah, Tennessee. This one. That's just chump change. We need a big one. Yeah.
1: Okay, and then uh, Beamer. I think we know the answer. At least you know my yeah, answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. That.
1: Yeah, I think it's three and done for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's fun too watching South Carolina kind of spiral. I'm I'm, I'm gonna really regret it if I'm wrong. Um, and then I'm, you know, your your Josh Kendall stories from the Athletic about oh being Frank <laughs> yeah. Beamer's boy. You know, like I'm gonna get ticked off by that. But I just I can't see it working out. No, I can't either. Oh, man. This is a the, fun exercise, it though.
1: The high, it was all the hires. Like, Sam Pittman, I was like, that is an interesting hire. Let me see who his staff is. And then when I saw a staff, I'm like, I'm in on this guy. Like, I think this is going to work. For Beamer, it was very <laughs> underwhelming. And then he had guys leave on top of hiring an underwhelming staff. Yeah, I just it's, i don't it, think it's
0: going to work. No, no, not going to work out. Okay.
1: Uh, we'll go down to Orlando, uh, Mr. Gus. Five-year, 11.5 mil, 2.3 mil per. Now, he did just get that $14 million pay from Auburn, and then the, Auburn has to pay him. I looked it up today. Um, 2.68 million annual payment, one-time payment for the next four years. That's uh, Now, I think somebody he that gets he got it from
0: the – he got it paid in full too. Like there wasn't any mitigating factors. Like Well, they said, uh, I looked, I
1: looked it up today. He got that first lump sum, which was like oh, half of it. He got that th- within 30 days of being fired. <sighs> now this, this other part that this, the installment payments, I think there is some mitigation with his new job. So I don't know how it works, but there is some type of okay. stuff, but they're still going to have to pay him some money over the next four years.
0: Gus, I'm torn on because I really do think that he could have two years, uh, two decent years with Dylan Gabriel, and then go somewhere else. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be contrarian and say no, he doesn't make it because he's gonna, he's gonna take one more crack at a big Power Five job before he uh, hangs it up. Yeah,
1: five years at a place like UCF with how, how it eternity. is right now,
0: it's, it's a eternity. long time.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's gonna get fired, but like you say, I don't.
0: And if he um, – I, I well, see it happen – go ahead. Well, and the thing is, too, is even if he's bad, he's not going to be around five years because he's going to just be horrible. Like, I don't think there's any just, yeah. like, meddling around. You know, it's I, I don't see gets, a middle right. ground. It's
1: either he gets fired or he goes somewhere else, which I'm really – like, what is the job he will leave for UCF after two years? Like, I think look-
0: Virginia Tech is the, the, the one that you – said so that intrigued me even though
1: well what if they, arkansas low sam Pittman, bombs and there was always that arkansas stuff around him
0: the arkansas stuff is funny <laughs> yeah uh, go back to high school roots because that was always the talk previously was that he was gonna leave auburn right. and go to arkansas what about go oklahoma state if gundy gundy leaves oh come on like it gundy ain't ever leaving he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> well, die there when he's we're he's one
1: gonna, more uh, we're one we're one scandal away from, I think, Gundy getting canned, But, yeah, you're right. He, he, he
0: loves I mean, it he's he been for there for so long. God's but, unknown
1: reason. Somebody loves Stillwater, Oklahoma.
0: I mean, he also doesn't have T-Boone backing him up whenever he messes up anymore, though. So he yeah, finally has Gun- one thing going against him.
1: He's the kind of guy, though, Nick, like he's always got somebody that doesn't like him. Like there's always somebody that in power that, that he's probably ruffling the feathers, I would imagine. I don't know who it is at Oklahoma State, but I guarantee you there's some important people that probably don't like him.
0: Man, nobody's better at negotiating a raise than Mike Gundy.
1: Yeah, he had a <laughs> – he caught some SEC teams a few times. Tennessee. Tennessee. He's one of many guys. More. Tennessee got rich. <laughs> and then Oh, man. I, last one, Clark Lee. I don't know what his contract is, but Vanderbilt's very invested in him. I'd be shocked if he didn't get extended at some point, like if they
0: he the, fired him within four years. I think the one thing that would mess with that is the volatility just within the athletic department because you're on your – but third AD in four years or something like that, you know, yeah. that who knows? Uh, I, I forget that woman's name. She might be great. She could be a lifer there. But just the volatility within the athletic department, he seems to be a sort of stabilizing beacon. But this thing could flame out in a hurry. So suck it, Barton. You're going down, Carkley.
1: <laughs> well,
0: we'll see, man. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is fun. This has been fun I like it. And this probably is going to be the only real dead week as far as U.K. football news goes because uh, I believe next week we're going to start uh, talking with the mid-year enrollees. Uh, spring practice is probably three weeks away. Uh, we, we don't have that confirmed, but it's probably second week of March. Uh, this is generally when it starts. So, uh, hell, it might even be first week of March. So this, this happened when, at a good that's time. That's two weeks away. Yeah, thank you Tennessee for uh really giving us the gift that keeps on giving and that's stupid hires on the coaching carousel.
1: They give in m- many ways. I'm sure we'll be talking about them again before the offseason is up for something silly. But yeah, man, I love it. I I I'm way in. I'm all like as you can tell, I'm Ooh. pretty all in on this stuff. And I think it's I think it's fun to see how the sport kind of because it is a big part of the sport how how uh, it evolves how pe- people go which way and that way.
0: Um, few quick few quick hitters. Uh, favorite press conference? Mo- or no, most entertaining press conference.
1: Most entertaining? Hmm. I would say that's a good one. There was it wasn't like great. I mean, maybe Belama just because he's Belama. Yeah, um, I would say that. I think Clark Lee had the best press conference. I think he hit.
0: He won a the lot press conference. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay.
1: Jed conference. Fish was the best speaker.
0: Is he a joke guy?
1: No, he's just very, like, he's just a very Pro's good pro. order and has a good voice. Okay. So, like, he commands <laughs> the attention of a room.
0: Kind of like Morgan Freeman, your father in law was driving <laughs> Jed Fish yeah there, there we, we go. go we come full circle
1: and then w- worst press conference um terry bound to put me to sleep a couple times i will say that
0: <laughs>
1: um so yeah i would probably say that the ulm one that one like that one was a dry that was I it took me three t- to sit- different sit downs to get through it that one was tough
0: <laughs> only you would force yourself to do that three different <laughs> times i know
1: and then um we didn't talk about Charles Huff and Blake Anderson at Marshall in Utah state. I, I like both those hires. will haul it. a miss. I liked a lot too. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, I think the big ones though, like you mentioned, excited about Bielema, obviously. I think Sark could work at Texas. Um, I think we know how Tennessee and South
0: Carolina are going to end. Yeah. We've, we've seen the song and dance before. And you've heard the song and dance quite a few times. We, we, we appreciate you all hanging around with us, even when things slow down around college football, uh, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and just hanging out with us and, and talking ball with us. Like well, okay, it's been another fun episode. Yep.
1: I Would say I can't wait to do it again next year, but I'm trying to trying to just enjoy the off season. Like, yeah. Maybe I'll we'll have a normal off season, so let's enjoy the checkpoints of an off season. Like we had the coaching carousel, we've gotten through that. Mm-hmm. Now we got spring ball, yep. Then we're gonna have the last edition of the transfer portal, and then that gets us in the talking.
0: Man, system. man, we'll be there before you know it, just like that. Back to Hoover too, by the way. My sister just got a townhome. My dad was like, "Yeah," I was like, where, where, "Where's our new place?" Oh, you know, it's right by that big Hyatt in Hoover. I was like, "Oh, I know that place all too well." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can't wait to bring it back. Hopefully, it's back to normal, but time will tell. Um, and you know what? It'll be here before you know it. So we're going to get out of here. We'll be talking at you soon. Until then, go cats and go Kroger.